This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And unfortunately, we are back for the fourth straight week. I don't even know what you call it when you don't call it Victory Monday. Take that L Monday. It's terrible. I I don't want to do it anymore. So uh, let's let's dive right in, I guess, with our immediate impressions of the game. And, uh, you know, Packers Packers dropped one in Buffalo, which I guess we kind of had expected at this point. But 27-17, Bills climbed to six and one, look like the Super Bowl contenders that we know them to be. Packers fall to three and five. And I think their season is kind of in jeopardy at this point, even though we've still got nine games left to play. Teetering on the brink. Um, Yeah. This was another like tale of two halves. I thought it was the closest the Packers have come to playing a complete game so far this season. And I say that because they really did fight till the end. Um, They still had some of their similar mistakes, right? Um, They were a little bit better with ball security. They leaned on the run game like we've been screaming for, and it looked incredible. But for me, I've been in the, like, run the ball camp all season. Obviously, like, to me, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are, like, two of their best weapons, so why not use them? And watching this last night, I was it was almost kind of, like, smacked in the face by the fact that, like, having this dynamic run game, it still isn't enough for this team to win games. And I think that's just like the unfortunate part of this Packers season. I'm not saying going out and getting a wide receiver is the quick fix that some people think it is. I don't. I'm just saying, I think without any kind of legitimate passing attack, you're never going to be able to catch up to most teams Right. Like I'm the Packers defense holding the Bills to 27 points. Well done. But when you're down 14, nothing, your run game isn't going to get you ahead unless your defense all of a sudden like shuts down the opposing team and you can't expect them to do that. So as much as I loved seeing how well this run game worked and hummed because we knew it would, it was kind of a, like I said, just a little bit of a smack in the face for me to be like, oh, it's still not enough. Yeah, and I really don't want to make excuses because, you know, 
there were opportunities for the Packers in this game, but it is hard when you have to run the ball that consistently to take like six minutes off the clock when you're playing from behind, because you just don't know, you know, if the bills are going to be able to go down and score again, you're just consistently putting yourself behind the eight ball. But there was a part of me watching the game that wondered if the outcome is any different, if you have Alan Lazard and you have Randall Cobb and, you know, I know Sammy Watkins, he hasn't kind of lived up to, you know, his billing, but I was really excited by what we saw from Romeo Dobbs. I was excited by Samori too, Ray. I loved that those young guys were getting looks. Um, Rogers post game was talking about how it was really unfortunate that Christian Watson got the concussion because they had like five or six plays specifically dialed up for him that they were going to call him for. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff made me excited. And I don't want to say like no Lazard is why the Packers lost to the bills because I don't believe that, but there is a part of me that wondered like if this receiving core is at its potential, what does this offense look like when you finally have balance with your run game? I completely agree. Um, I do think also, you know, a touchdown was taken off the board by a very, very, very weak call. I mean, just like disgustingly weak offensive pass interference call in Tunyon. So this game could have been so much closer than it was. And the Bills, I think, Either they didn't play their best half, they definitely didn't play their best half, or they weren't scared by the Packers coming back enough. They let them hang around in the second half. But like this game truly, I think, was a little bit closer than the score would say. Um, Obviously, the Packers completely outscored the Bills in the second half, 10 to 3. The Packers defense only gave up three points to the Buffalo Bills in the second half. Like there were some really, really nice moments. But I completely agree with you that if they have either, probably just either or Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb, maybe you get one or two more explosive plays. And instead of needing six, eight, ten minutes on a scoring drive, you're scoring a little bit faster and allowing this team to like try to rack up some points a little bit more. It was so nice to see some of the young guys get those moments. I think we talked about this in our preview show, right? Of like who kind of rises to the occasion when the bright lights come out and two of them did. And I'm sure Christian Watson, my heart like goes out to him because that hit was awful. And he probably was going to be a huge part of this game. And it would have been really fun to see all three of them take a step forward. I'm feeling encouraged by the young guys. It's just more of a, Will it be soon enough for it to turn around this season? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, one of the really frustrating parts that we kind of talked about pre-show is you have all of these moments. And if we saw the performance that we saw against the Bills in London or, you know, I think the Jets game was just kind of an anomaly. I think the Jets were a better football team maybe than the Packers were preparing for. But to lose the tiebreakers to the Giants and the Commanders the way that the Packers did was really disheartening because you're in a fight for a wild card. And if they put up the performance that they had against Buffalo in either of those games, you're talking about probably winning those games. And now instead they're on a four game losing streak and their season, like we talked about at the top of the show is very much in jeopardy. And I think what makes it even harder is if you look at this game, like statistically on paper, the Packers did everything that we would have wanted them to do to win the game. 21 first downs. They had more first downs than Buffalo, more rushing yards than Buffalo, Um, they had more total yards. They won the turnover battle, which feels like it hasn't happened all season. Um, They did have more penalties, which was the one outlier, but they were converting really nicely on third down. They won time of possession. Like 
everything that we would have said if they can do x y and z they have a fighting chance and they did you know to their credit have a fighting chance in the late fourth quarter which is something that we really wanted to see from this Packers team yeah a hundred percent and for me like going into this game and expecting them to lose is a really interesting perspective to have because you understand who the bills are and you know what kind of tall order this is and it's maybe unfair to have put this as a litmus test for the Packers team, but it was really interesting to see them arise to an occasion. And again, it was not perfect. They have to clean up these penalties. You can't have your starting inside linebacker getting ejected for hitting a coach. Like there are still plenty of things to clean up and they're still not putting up the kind of points that you would want them to see. They got to fix the fourth down efficiency, right? Because that completely ruined multiple, (laughs) multiple potential scoring drives, but it's there. It, you can, you can almost feel a little bit better about it being there, especially against such a difficult opponent. Now to your point, you also look at this and you say, well, why couldn't you have done this against lesser opponents and maybe have one, one or two more games so far on this stretch, but I hope that this team, their takeaway from this game is we can bring it to anybody. So we got to go the rest of the season, like bring it to all of our opponents every week. Cause if we play like this, like we can win games. Yeah. I mean, if this is what it took, if it took a four game losing streak for them to finally, you know, utilize an offense that works and, you know, lean on the run game and, you know, have Jair shadow. I'm not necessarily sold on him shadowing Gabe Davis the whole time, but you know, we'll talk about that when we talk about the defense, but if, if they're making strides, you know, the offensive line is looking better and holding up better. Rogers kind of looked more like Rogers. He even scrambled for a first down, which is not something that I think we were expecting. Like if they can start doing those things, if it took them losing to, you know, Rogers even said after the game, like this felt more like the Packers, like our locker room felt more like who we thought we were. And maybe that's what it takes. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that the Packers were able to go 95 yards and score a touchdown. You know, like after what we saw the last couple of weeks, the Jair interception for them to be able to capitalize and turn that into points. That was really impressive to me. Yeah. And to be fair, like, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, yay, the Packers have fixed everything. Or like, oh, look at them. Like, these are things they should have been doing from the start of the season. Absolutely. Like, the bar is low, but (laughs) all we wanted to see out of this game was some kind of jump, some kind of competitiveness, some kind of cleanup, some kind of getting back to their standard of football, which is where I think they were. The worst case scenario in this situation was going into Buffalo and getting punched in the mouth and losing like 30 to three, right? And that's not what happened. They took it to them till the end. So for me, that is a win. I know the whole moral victory term has been thrown around a lot on Twitter today. It is what it is for me. I'm like, just build off of this. Go into the Lions next week. They're one in six. Like, go punch somebody else in the mouth because you were able to keep yourselves in the game against the Buffalo Bills. Like, keep this momentum going and don't change the offensive plan. Hopefully, you get more pass catchers involved. Hopefully, you get Christian Watson back and Alan Lazard back from their injuries. But Keep using Josiah DeGuara as much as you did. I love seeing all the two tight end sets. You and I talked about this in our preview show, how they're going to have to lean on the non-wide receivers in this game. Jones and Dylan were Jones and Dylan, like we know and love them. Like keep doing what's working. Don't revert back to whatever they've been doing the last couple of weeks. 
I mean, it was kind of funny. Like if we switch to the defense, you know, I'm watching it with my husband and I'm like, like simultaneously really enjoying all the the trash talk. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys are losing. I don't love when you like when you trash talk when you're down, but it just felt like there was a different energy. And I, I really think that that's part of what we needed to see from this team. Like they came out like really hostile and, you know, obviously, you know, talk their talk, whatever they needed to do. And I think part of it can lead to extra emotion. Like maybe we saw it at Quay Walker. It doesn't seem in his nature to, to shove somebody, but you know, when you're that fired up in the moment, we were talking about the last couple of weeks that it just feels like this team rolls over and doesn't have any heart and, even though they lost, it felt like this game was like the first time that they quote unquote brought the juice. Like they really got themselves up for Sunday night football. And I hope that that's also something that continues, especially, you know, you're, you're playing the lions, but it's a division game. They matter. You need Mm -hmm. to get on a winning streak. So I hope that that kind of momentum also continues. Every game for the rest of the season matters for this Packers team. If they want any fighting chance of getting into the playoffs, every single, they have to go into this, like it's Sunday night football, against the best team in the league. Like, like they have to run the table. Yes, every single <laughs> week now. But I I actually love the smack talk. Like, believe in yourselves. You know, back yourselves. Like, you know who you are, and you should have confidence. Don't go into this being like, oh, okay, Stefan Diggs, you're really good. So I'm just going to let you say, no, talk your talk. And honestly, like, the run defense still needs so much work. Yes. And – Again, there were some weird things going on with that secondary tackling has got to get cleaned up. Like, I'm sorry. They have to do something about Darnell Savage at mm-hmm. this point. Like, You cannot be whiffing on tackles like that. But on the flip side, you know, I thought the two inside linebackers, Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson, when they were called up, like to be able to be three and four and play like they did. I mean, Eric Wilson got a sack, you mm-hmm. know, so – there was a lot of really nice moments. Obviously, Rasul and Jair, I think, really held this defense together. They each got a pick um, off of Josh Allen, which is huge. He actually doesn't really turn the ball over anymore at all. He did more in his in early in his career. They gave this offense opportunities to stay in it, and that's all you can ask of this defense. You know, my score prediction was that the Bills were going to get into third in the thirties. They held this high flying offense, who, I mean, can score on a dime to 27 like that's a win to me and Matt LaFleur said it in his press conference today and I totally agree with him until you're playing more complimentary football it's really hard to blame the defense right I mean Jair or Rasul gets a pick and then on the very next play Aaron Rodgers throws a pick so what do you what what more can you ask this defense to do other than take the ball away from Josh Allen we said the key to this game is keep the ball away from Josh Allen and you do that and then you give the ball right back to him there's plenty to clean up but there were moments the tackling for me is bad especially because in Joe Barry's first year they were one of the best tackling defenses in the league like Devondre Campbell I think missed three tackles the entirety of the season so it's just like how are you reverting back to is it a lack of discipline is it a lack of execution is it the players themselves like what changed because pretty much all of the guys that are starters are the same so Mm -hmm. that i think is what's really frustrating too is just figuring out like why there's all of a sudden a discrepancy and what that looks like but you know i I did you know most offenses don't look like the bills offense and most quarterbacks can't make the plays that josh allen can make so as frustrating as it is to have the bills in like third and 14 and then josh allen converts like that 
I did think that there were there were moments, you know, where I was like, okay, if this is any other any other offense, you know, the Packers probably hold him here and there's some promise there. But at the same time, this was one of the worst rushing offenses as far as, you know, being able to like I think Devin Singletary had like 42 yards a game on average. And yeah. some of that obviously is because Josh Allen uses his legs so much. But the fact that he had an explosive run, James Cook had an explosive run, that kind of stuff absolutely just had to be cleaned up in week three. And here we are still. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of reasons why this team is three and five. Right. right. And this is a, is this is a big one. If you can't play to your fundamentals, you're going to allow the opposing team to pick up more first downs than you'd like. You're not going to be able to get off the field. Like those are, that's football 101 at this point. And the regression of it, like you said, from Joe Barry's defense is definitely questionable. I'm glad you brought up Isaiah McDuffie. He had to come in and wear the communication helmet, you know, and Kenny Clark made it sound like there was no drop off. Like he really was confident in the plays that he was calling. So that kind of stuff makes you feel good. Like, yeah, and I know that, you know, people like to rag on Gutekunst for some of his picks and some of his decision making, but a lot of the the mid-round guys, like Zach Tom coming in, I don't think anybody expected him to start at left tackle, then start at left guard in two consecutive weeks and fill in as admirably as he has. And yeah. once Elton comes back and you're talking about having Bakhtiari and Jenkins together on the line again, like that stuff all is really promising to see. And it just shows you that there's there's room for growth, but we just running out of time to grow at this point like now you just gotta you gotta put the pedal to the metal here yeah I mean you're halfway through the season right at this point yeah I thought the line played well there were I think Rodgers got sacked twice so Mm -hmm. this is a pretty stout front I mean David Bakhtiari took it to Von Miller Von Miller wasn't able to do anything and this is why you miss 69 out there because that's what he's able to do as far as injuries go this was a big week for them um the Packers lost a bunch of players hopefully Christian Watson is okay he obviously suffered a concussion the first quarter they lost Devondre Campbell to a knee injury doesn't sound like it's too serious but the injuries are starting to really pile up too it's kind of reminding me a little bit of the Ravens last season where every time you felt like the Ravens were getting back to being who they were they lose a bunch of like really key players to injuries. And at some point, like that's just the name of the game. And you, if you can't stay healthy, like the Packers team, I think has stayed really healthy over the course of Matt LaFleur's tenure, but it's starting to pile up now where they have key players in almost every position who are missing time. And unfortunately, I mean, you know, we liked a lot of the depth coming into the season as far as like, you know, who the backup corners would be like, you know, Keyshawn Nixon coming in, I really liked. And, you know, the wide receivers we talked about, you know, they drafted three of them. So, you know, but a lot of this is now, hey, maybe we didn't expect you to have as much playing time as you did. And you're kind of learning on the fly. Same with the offensive line instead of them having some of their vets available because the injuries stack up and you know, we saw it work really well last year where a guy like Eric Stokes comes in and has a really exceptional rookie season, but you don't necessarily want or expect your rookies to have to come in and play as many snaps as a lot of the Packer rookies have had to play. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do love the next man up mentality of -hmm. this team and something that they have had and they have continued to have to have this season. Um, I mean, there's, 
truly quite nothing like seeing Samori Toure get his first career touchdown in primetime yeah. on Sunday Night Football, and it was beautiful. Um, but at the same time, like you, you want your starters out there, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see what happens as the season goes on. I know Randall Cobb, I think, posted on Instagram um, about how much he misses being out there. So I hope he can come back soon, too. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see, like, Kylan Hill. It sounds like this is the week that he would have to be activated off IR before they shut him down for the season. So maybe he gets some look on, looks on special teams. Really liked, actually, the Amari Rogers reception that he had. Yeah, um, I thought that Rogers showed some trust in him, and maybe he's going to be a better wide receiver for the offense than he is a return man, and Kylan can come in and get that job back. I don't want to, like, take up too much time with this, but trade deadline is obviously fast approaching. There's one more day think the Packers do anything do you think they do you think any player really at this point can move the needle enough that they feel you know it's worth investing in um I really hope they do something to be honest like if nothing else like show this team that you still believe in them you know show them that like I we want to continue adding pieces and bolster this roster if nothing else but like for injuries it's kind of hard for me honestly to watch other teams make moves right now and just kind of wait and I know that Goot's always in the mix and I know I'm sure he's making calls but I would like to see another offensive weapon I think barring injury they do have some guys but it'd be nice to get another receiver out there I think I've folded and I'm I'm on that train not again not because I think that it's going to be the tipping point or anything like that I just I also think like that room after next year is yeah really thin so this isn't even just a decision for now it's also a decision for the future and if it can help now then why not Packers are pretty cap strapped though so it's going to depend on who you're trading for, what their what their contract looks like. And there, there are a lot of factors to it, but I don't know. How do you feel about it? Would you like to see them go and get someone? I would. And I mean, I was firmly in the camp in the beginning of the season that I wanted to see what the Packers had first. You know, we weren't sure what Watkins was going to look like. It sounded like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers really wanted to use him as a huge part of the offense. That hasn't transpired. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb looked really good, but both dealing with injuries. Then you've got your three rookie wide receivers and Christian Watson has been dealing with injuries. And so I liked the shape of the room and the makeup of it. It's just this stuff happens. And I think you have to be willing to adjust on the fly when those things happen. So I'm not saying that I, you know, I, I don't think I would have wanted the Packers to make a move in July or in August, but it's like you said, now that the season is unfolding and these things unfortunately happen now, I think is the time that you do make an investment, especially because Aaron Rodgers post game, you know, talked about what we talked about earlier in the show about the offense has to play complementary football for the defense, but they have to be able to push the ball down the field. The run game is working great, but if if he's throwing five yard passes and that's the only way that they can move the chains, they need to have teams yeah. start res- start respecting the deep ball. And right now, there's not really somebody on this offense that is making their presence felt as a deep threat we know it can be Watson we've seen Watkins do it like a little bit but that hasn't really come to fruition so if the Packers were to add somebody like that I think that could change the dynamic of the offense and open up LaFleur's playbook even more I totally agree and it doesn't even have to be a big name right you're seeing a lot of these like big 
named, you know, rookie wide receivers who are on, and when I say rookie guys who are on their rookie contract, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a Chase Claypool or a Jerry Judy. It can be someone, a second rounder or a third rounder who just happens to be that like field stretcher, like an MVS, basically. I didn't think that this team would miss MVS as much as as much as it does, but they are missing that. And like, look, last night, Romeo Dobbs had that incredible, like gorgeous touchdown, but he's not your deep threat. He can do a lot of it and he looked great on the deep ball, but you're right. Like they need that like go route, super speedy guy to be able to stretch the field. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is just, we want to see, what's in the bag of tricks. And right now it feels like the bag of tricks is very limited, especially, you know, like we talked about already with Christian Watson, they had Mm. the bag ready for him to go. And then he had the unfortunate injury. So I think things just kind of pile up and it would just be nice to see the Packers make the effort. And, you know, I know Packers fans get mad when moves don't happen at the trade deadline, but what's happened so far, the bears have sold two of their best defensive players. They were never going to the Packers. They would never give the Packers Robert Quinn. Like you're not going to do anything to make your division foe better. So as far as like the trade deadline moves are concerned, I think what would get really frustrating for fans is if, you know, we hear again that the Packers are really close and just nothing happened the whole time. Like what's it going to take for them to pull the trigger? Because to me this season, more so than the last, two or three seasons I think you need to pull the trigger like there's more compounding this year where you need the support than you probably did the last three seasons yeah 100 percent. you don't have the Devonta Adams bandage anymore because quite frankly the argument the last couple of seasons is like well they have the best wide receiver in football right and this season it's very blatant that there isn't a guy and while going into the season we said oh well there's multiple guys who could fill in that hole Nobody really has, or if they have, it's like 50% filled. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the hard part too, is like we had, or at least I did, like I had expectations going into the season because of the play of Rasul Douglas when he came in, in October and Devondre Campbell being like a cheap street free agent kind of signing that happened towards the end of training camp last year. And that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen every time. And like, Jaron Reed, I thought, has played well in spurts, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't, I guess, moved the needle as much as maybe I would have thought for the for the defensive line room. So there's a lot of stuff where it's trial and error. And I can understand not wanting to always take swings because the Packers obviously prioritize their draft capital. And if theoretically this is a team that's on the verge of a rebuild, like what are you willing to give up for these investments and these assets? Like I understand the argument of it, but I think this team is closer then maybe they're getting credit for right now. And I think if you're going to try and stay in contention for one or two more years, especially in the NFC, the way that it is like nine wins could get you into the playoffs. So like, I think the Packers are close enough still that it's worth trying something to move your needle. Yeah. It's just an, they're in such an interesting place because while the bills loss was a promising game, they're still three and five, right? right. The, the path to the playoffs is slim. So I think the decision that this front office is going to have to make is if we go out and invest in a piece, it's got to be someone that is not only going to help us now, but is going to help us in the future. And there just aren't that many guys. And I think there also just aren't that many teams that want to trade weapons to the Green Bay Packers. And thirdly, 
I don't know what the Packers have to give up that people would want to trade for, right? My dad was texting me today, like, let's trade Savage. I'm like, first of all, his fifth-year option is fully guaranteed. No one wants to take on, like, it's like $7 million. And why would anyone trade for him right now? He's not playing well, right? Like, they're, you know, would you, no one's going to trade for Amari Rogers or Josiah DeGuara, and the Packers aren't going to give up any of their actual weapons in Lazard or Tunyon or either of the running backs. So they're just in a really weird spot right now of needing something, not sure like what kind of something, whether it's for now or future or both, and also finding the right partner. Yeah. And I think, you know, regardless of what happens, if they buy, if they sell, if they stay put and do nothing, like it'll answer some questions about how this team feels the rest of the season can play out. And maybe it'll help answer some questions about what the long-term structure of the team looks like. You know, like if, if we get any type of hint about Rogers and I, I don't think he's made up his mind or anything yet, but I think depending on what the Packers do before the trade deadline might give us an indication of, you know, how salvageable they think the rest of the season is. Totally. Any other thoughts, I guess, on the the game itself, you know, other than kind of what we said on paper, it's it's progress, but can you progress quick enough at this point to actually make the season count? They're going to have to. They're just simply going to have to. Um, I think against lesser opponents, they should, but you got to clean some shit up. Like you cannot be getting eight penalties. Like I said, you cannot be punching coaches like you have to be as clean as humanly possible just keep this keep this mentality right like I need Jair's dog mentality to permeate the rest of this locker room and have every everybody else follow suit keep leaning on the young guys like I really really liked it you mentioned it earlier and I didn't get to respond but I'll just say it now I totally agree about Amari Rogers at wide receiver (laughs) you 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 can hate on him for being a poor returner that has absolutely nothing to do with his actual abilities to like run routes and get open in an offense and that back shoulder throw was a big deal to get and catch from Aaron Rodgers so just continue to like lean on who's available and hopefully they step up and start making plays because when given the opportunity last night, the young guys did. And that's the only way they're going to win. Especially to, to kind of further the Amari Rogers thing. We keep talking about the wide receiver room and what it looks like beyond 2022. Randall Cobb might retire. We've talked about right. it already. So it's, it's really unfair and you're doing a disservice to Amari Rogers as the player. If you only let him play on special teams disregard him as a bad special teamer don't let him acclimate into the offense at all and then cut ties because we we joked about you know Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers have a very similar skill set well if Randall's gone next year Amari is probably one of your best slot guys on the team in that role so just you know glad that they were able to to get some looks but also really hoping that we get some receivers uh back so that Aaron Rodgers maybe feels like he's got uh got some more opportunities to push the ball down the field because like we said, it's not going to get easier, obviously going to the lions next week, but then you've got Dallas playoff team right now. You've got the Titans, mm-hmm. you've got the Eagles playing really well. Yeah. So it's a tough stretch and it's not going to get any easier. No, but I think that they can take this and go and run with it. The next game is going to be just going to be the interesting one for me to see whether they can go into Detroit and, and like do some damage. 
especially because Detroit weirdly has played the Packers very tough and they played yeah, a lot of teams really tough this year, but yeah, especially for the LaFleur tenure the Lions always seem to have the Packers number, especially when, what was it? LaFleur's first season, the Packers didn't lead any point in any game and they ended up winning both games on last second field goals. So yeah, we'll see, but that is all the time that we have for packs. What she said this week. Thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find the show anywhere that you can find your favorite podcast. Please remember to download the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast or on all of our other social media channels at Pax What She Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Up.